Women of Science and Music, 30 Celebrations. Episode 7, Windrush Medicine. There's many a lass of the scientist clan that has followed her brief in the field. She has sworn, she has cursed, been ignored and abused, but a scientist never can yield. I am Frances M. Lynch, the Artistic Director of Electric Voice Theatre, and you are most welcome to this very special seventh episode of our podcast series, Women of Science and Music 30 Celebrations. Today, Mary Maxwell Campbell's music gives way to the voices of four women, Tina Aparicia, Lenore Sykes, Nell Green and Carol Sidney who all took part in a wonderful project by Eve Wright Arts Foundation in 2017. And we are incredibly lucky to have been given permission to use these recordings as a tribute to these exceptional nurses and midwives whose lives brought them to Essex. And to mark the International Year of the Nurse and the Midwife, and the proposal by Ethel Gordon Fenwick on the 1st of July 1899 to found the International Council of Nurses. Medicine and health science, the study of preventing diseases and maintaining health. Carol Sidney. I was born in Jamaica in Westmoreland on the 25th of October 1943. Lenzing Green. My name is Leno. Sykes. I'm from Jamaica. My maiden name was Critchlow. I came to England in 1962. I was born in Port of Spain, Trinidad. My full name is Albertina. Train of the nurse. Marceline Aparicio. Well, I've lived there nearly 50 years old. Yes, so as I say, I was born in Jamaica in Trinidad on the 18th of April, 1938. And my mum moved to Kingston 1925 and then she left the island in 1952 they didn't just advertise for nurses they advertised for all sorts of workers because some people my mum became sort of a bit more established in England and then she sent for me yeah, I came on the SS Montserrat two weeks and I thought it was the best thing on the sea. I think I understood... Two dozen girls who were coming to England to do nursing. That she was looking for a better life. People was coming from Jamaica um, since about 1950-something. She had to do a training. When people start coming from the West Indies, it wasn't just Jamaica, it was the whole of the Commonwealth. Then she went on to do midwifery, then she did, you know, the Queen's nursing and all that. I came by airplane. There were people travelling by sea, but that takes nearly a month. It was very sad, especially on, you know, the boat is going and remember the songs and I love to go wandering. I don't know if you know that song. So I came by plane. I was here the next day. You see the ship is moving away. England, the boat docked Southampton. Slowly and slowly and you see a family, especially my mother and Gloria. And the, the lady who came to meet me. And then they suddenly disappeared. It was horrible. She found it was too long and she left and went. Really sad. So I had to find my way. I was lost in the so way. She lived in Fulham. I was lost. And I got on the tree. The cold. <laughs> was the main thing. I came to Britain in, I think it was... I came here in... June, I think. So that was quite warm, and it was quite a warm summer. When I came here at 16, 
I went, I started as a cadet nurse. I had a place in the hospital before the winter start, so I just stayed in the hospital. I didn't go anywhere during the winter. It was so cold. I did my nursing at Tilbury. And I went to the headquarters, the School of Nursing. You went to college two days a week and you work in the hospital three days a week, as I say, different departments. I was a trained nurse. A licensed midwife and a health visitor. Because we had Thorough Technical College then. And the rule is that when you come... They offered me a post in the theatre. You have to do an exam to see how good you are in English. Because I used to do a lot of theatre work. We were chatting for ages. I said to her, I think I'm going to do midwifery. I think I could do that exam and pass it. She said, you have already passed it. The first one that I had my interview with... She said to me... Do anatomy and physiology and biology. The nurses' training did not start until the next year, April. English and maths. But she said, if you want to work here, you can... But you got some money at the end of it. I was told I was getting a scholarship to come to England to study, you know, to be a midwife teacher. She gave me 48 hours to decide whether I want to take the post in the theatre or go and do my midwifery. The sisters will train you to take blood pressures and things like that. And I went back to her and I said, I think I'm going to do my midwifery. Most of the nurses were either high risk. So I had to go to Rochford Hospital near to Southend to do my part one. Because the English girls didn't do nursing. First year, I failed. three, we had snow. I failed my exam then. In Gray's hair. I wanted to leave and go home. Snow didn't clear until about Mark. And I had a friend at home. Sort of froze. And he said to me, you went up for a purpose. Then we had a little bit of thought. I said, well, I just failed. It was not good, 63. But anyway, I took it again and I I passed all right. That's when I went back home. Well, I thought I was going for good.
and I was going back to Jamaica. So I've wanted to have as much training as possible. They'd written to me from here, asking me if I would come back. I went to Moorfields and, and did my training. Did the job here in the district. I did my military training in Scotland. I wanted to, to go around district. Britain. I was definitely going home. I met my husband whilst I was in Scotland. And I wrote back and I said, thanks very much for offering me the job, but I'm doing very well at home. But if I should come to England any time, I'll surely come and work for you. I went out to Malaya after I did my midwifery training. I did training. my general training, which is why I said I work in Tilbury or Sutton Tharrock. After we come back from Malaya, we went to Germany. Then we went to Berlin. Part one, which I did in Ilford, and then came back to Orsett and did part two because we had a maternity hospital there then. No, we haven't. After he left the army, we went to Jamaica, as he promised. And we did stay there for about a year and six months. The job was still open for me. And when we came back from Jamaica, that was when I came to Colchester. No interview, nothing at all. Right in. I like working in British military hospitals because... And I have students overseas. They were... From um, Canada. Better staff. From Australia. The equipment that they had from the there France. was better. I had some from the Western Indies. I feel at home because... Guyana. I go to see my sons. I had students um, And I come back to Colchester. All over. Colchester have really settled. Since 2006. And up to now, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm a lover of fish and chips. I feel it. Colchester is my home. And I think I've made it my home too. I never think, whenever I go, I never think, oh, I am black. Racism was really... If you're walking around grazing, you see another black person, you sort of hello and stop and talk because you don't see many. They were putting a notice if they want um, room for rent but no blacks. Yeah, my mum lived in Long Lane. We were very lucky. We had lovely neighbours. And when part two midwifery results came out in April, by the first week in May, I was a sister. You know, there were times when they would rebel about people like me getting promoted. Nobody said anything. The fact that my mum was the local midwife, the first black midwife in the area, they all get to know her. I can't say there was any sort of animosity. Yeah. But I never got any direct racial attack in those days. It's later on. The British Army, from what my experience... I don't think I'd ever, ever feel, you know, completely British. No way. They see you as a person for who you are. I haven't had any problems in my nursing career. Outside the army, there was lots of racism. When I was born, I mean, Jamaica was British. So if you think about it, going back, you were still <laughs> British, really. But it doesn't matter to me, because everybody's talking to me. They're not saying, Nelly, you're black. I'm not saying, Mary, you're white. One day I was on the Gynie Ward. Can Miss Christopher come to the matron's office immediately? Well, you know, when he heard that, I think, he said, wow, all these references, I am going to hold on to you. When I was at school, I thought that I won't be a pharmacist. If we have a call, my mum would go and buy some bush and boil some tea, and it get my cold better. I want to know why those bushes would cure me. 
I called the mother-in-law and she said, what did I have? I said, you had nothing. Your, your daughter-in-law had a baby. One of my friends died in childbirth in Jamaica. And that was when I changed my mind that I was going to become a midwife. Yes, I used to be on my bicycle. I had a carry in front with my bag, with all the instruments. They would go and buy some bush. At the back, I had a gasoline machine. That grows in marshy place. They call it penny royal. We had a sterilizing pan. They boil it for babies when they have So the first thing you do when you arrive in the house... You put that pan on the stove. They would boil it. And you boil up the instruments and you have it sterilized. We go worked, paid our taxes. But I achieved what I wanted to. I think we've all contributed to, be a midwife. to the society. I think we all do give back I'm something. a friend of the family um, almost through all our work. Only last week one came to look for me. We're still giving? No, all I can say is... Whatever they want to do, go for it. There will be setbacks sometimes, but you have to fight through and get on with it, and you are in the end going to succeed. The song, The Rustling of Grass by Avril Coleridge-Taylor, was performed by Electric Voice Theatre singer Simone Ibbett-Brown. I played the piano. You also heard the voices of Clovenston Primary School doing their medical soundscape and my own work, Storm in Sea, inspired by meteorologist and seroptimist Marjorie Roy. Many thanks to the four interviewees, to Essex Record Office and all those who helped in the making of this podcast. We urge you to visit the Caribbean Takeaway Project at Eve Wright Arts Foundation to hear the full interviews and keep in touch with future projects there. Many thanks, of course, to you for listening. And do join us again for episode 8 of Women of Science and Music 30 Celebrations and some code-breaking secrets of Bletchley Park. Part of the wind.